السلام عليك زين الأنبياء السلام عليك بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين والصحابة الأكرمين وتابعين لهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد المفتاح باب رحمة الله عدد ما في علم الله صراة وسلاما دائمين بدوام ملك الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه الحمد لله for the blessing of coming together on a night like this in a halal fashion where we experience beauty without mind-altering substances and without doing anything that is displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm especially reminded on nights like this, New Year's Eve, what a blessing this deen is. Think about for those of us that converted, what we used to do on New Year's Eve. Think about what the vast majority of people in the society in which we live and many people in the world are doing on New Year's Eve. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has replaced one form of intoxication with a better form of intoxication. And there are mind-altering substances that someone can take. And Allah has prohibited that, of course. And someone will feel for a period of time some degree of intoxication, some type of high something that feels good in the moment, but it's demonic. And oftentimes people have bad experiences in the moment, let alone when they wake up the next day, let alone when it becomes a bad habit, let alone when it starts to ruin their life and to ruin their health and the addiction that takes place as a result. And in a religious and spiritual sense, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given pleasure and even degrees of intoxication for those who work hard and struggle against their soul and start to taste dhaq, taste the sweetness of iman, dhaq ta'mad iman. Iman has a taste. And our Prophet mentioned it explicitly. He has tasted the sweetness of faith. Who? Man radiya billahi rabban. And it's interesting to note here, the Prophet will mention three things that relate to your heart. Yes, of course, you have to work outwardly. But these traits relate to the heart. Man radiya billahi rabban. One who is content to have Allah as his Lord. Wabid islami deenan. Islam as his deen. Wabi Muhammadan nabiyan wa rasulah. And the Prophet wasallam as his prophet and messenger. Contentment with these three things. And if we have contentment in all of its meanings that we recognize on a night like this and on any night, what Allah has given us is superior. What Allah has given us is superior. We have to believe that. This deen is superior. The Quran is superior. This way is superior. If you bring it into your life, it will change you forever. It will transform you forever. And we don't believe that we're superior because we don't know our state. We don't know how we're going to die. We know the people of Iman who believe and return to Allah with belief. They will be in a superior state, Yom Qiyamah, and in the final, one of the two final abodes, and the believers will be in paradise, of course. But we don't know who's going to die on faith. 
And may Allah Ta'ala protect us and bless us to die upon La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. But we know for certain that this way is superior and that there's nothing like it. And we must believe in that. And we must hold on to that. And then in another hadith, ثَرَاثٌ مَنْ كُنَّ فِيهِ وَجَدَ بِهَا حَلَاوَةِ الْإِيمَانِ There are three traits. And this is when I was speaking about three, what I really wanted to point to. The Prophet mentioned three dimensions of contentment. But there are three traits and they relate to something internally. When they're in someone, someone will experience the sweetness of faith. And the first is, is that Allah and His Messenger are more beloved to Him than anything else. Allah and His Messenger are more beloved to Him than anything else, and that manifests in the choices that we make. To what degree do we prefer Allah and His Messenger over everything else and everything that is that we choose and do and say? And the second trait is what? It also relates to mahabba, love. So the first hadith about tasting the sweetness of faith relates to contentment and all of its meanings. And there's deep meanings that you could go on and on about. This next hadith, which also talks about the sweetness of faith, relates to love. And so loving Allah and His Messenger more than anyone else, and then if you love another individual, you only love him, lillah. You love someone for Allah. And this is what we've been speaking about tonight. This sacred brotherhood of Islam. What a blessing. I'm reminded on a night like this again, when we're celebrating the birth of the Prophet ﷺ, celebrating the Prophet's deen, celebrating the guidance that he brought, celebrating the mercy that he brought ﷺ, and everything that you and I have benefited from that and what we hope everyone else to benefit from that, were they only to know. And I think of back to initially coming to this deen that many years ago now, and all of the blessed people that this Abdul Fakir was blessed to meet from all different places in the world. And I remember the night before I went to go take my shahada, one of my close friends in high school, I called him. And basically that I was calling him to say, hey look, I'm going to become Muslim tomorrow. And I have the nature of kind of wanting to prepare and that type of thing. So I tried during that week that anything that had been purchased with wealth that was not pure to get rid of, anything that I knew was not appropriate for a Muslim to have to get rid of. And there was a lot of things that were thrown away. And the night before I became Muslim, I called this friend of mine, or the day before, and I wanted to tell him, tomorrow is going to be different. I'm going to become Muslim. And he was sleeping. And I woke him up out of his sleep, and he was actually having a dream right as I called. And in the dream, I came to him and I said, tomorrow I'm going to meet the king. And he woke up out of the dream when I called. And then I told him, tomorrow I'm going to take my shahada and become Muslim. And the shahid here is, is that after becoming Muslim, on a few occasions I tried to spend a little bit of time with some of the people that I knew before. But if the love is not for the sake of Allah, there's no real connection. If you don't end up doing those things that you were doing before, many of which were prohibited in Islam, there's all of a sudden no more love. All of a sudden they don't want to spend time with you because you can't 
use foul language like you used to use. You can't drink substances that you used to drink. You can't do things that you used to do. And if that goes, in their mind the fun goes, and it's not for Allah, rather that's all demonic. And then the relationship goes. And some people, of course, have an ability to keep in touch with people they knew. But that's good as long as it's not dragging you into that. But the shahid is, I remember after that, spending time with 60-year-old men from countries that I never even maybe really spent time with someone from that country. Who would have thought that you would be a young man who was 19 having a friend who's 60 years old? Having friends from Iraq that are in, in their 30s or 40s. Having friends from Libya that are this. I remember meeting someone from Libya just before I became Muslim. And they told me they had memorized the whole Quran. And I couldn't believe that. Because I don't know a single person. I don't know a single person that ever memorized the Bible. I mean, I'm sure there's a few people that have memorized the Bible. But to have thousands upon thousands and thousands of people that memorize the book of Allah from beginning to end and to recite it, not just read it, Allahu Akbar. We forget these things, how powerful these things are. And when you're reminded of it, especially as a convert to this religion, what a blessing we have, the blessing of this brotherhood. And all these people that you get to meet and spend time with, and the diversity is just amazing. And many of these people you wouldn't have spent time with before Islam. I, I probably wouldn't have liked, I, we went to the same high school, Abdul Madik and I, Eric Clockman, but I don't think I would have really liked him. He definitely wouldn't have liked me, right? He was like this skater who was just, you know, you know, kind of, you know, looking for people to like punk and stuff like that probably, you know what I mean? I could see him not liking me, playing basketball and that type of thing. But now I love this individual. And I hope we're together eternally after long lives and the obedience to Allah Ta'ala. Inshallah Ta'ala, all of our families and children until Yom Qiyamah will be reunited. Inshallah Ta'ala, in the family that he married into with Uncle Omar Abdul Aziz, Allah have mercy on his soul and reunite us with him in the highest levels of paradise, Ya Rabbi. And all of the other people who lost loved ones that we know, inshallah ta'ala, the pain is temporary. We will be reunited with them, bi'idhnillah, in paradise, in jannah, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala. How could it be the case, someone that converts, when he converted, and to remain firm upon Islam all of those years? La ilaha illallah. What a blessing. What a blessing. When they didn't have what we have nowadays. And inshallah ta'ala things will get easier for our children. Despite them getting more difficult from another perspective. But Allah ta'ala is merciful. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the brotherhood of Islam. What beauty and what a blessing. People that come together that would not be together. Were not to be for la ilaha illallah. People that some of whom would fight against each other. Quite literally before Islam. And they come together through the blessing of La ilaha illallah. We mean that meaning we all know that. I'm not speaking of something that we all don't know, but showing gratitude for that. And then on top of that, it's one of the ways that our Prophet said you can experience the halawa of iman, the sweetness of faith. And to hib al mara la to hibu illa lillah. You love a man, you only love him for the sake of Allah. Because he carries, every human being carries the sirra nafkha, the secret of Allah blowing the ruh, the spirit into him. But on top of that, 
they're aware and conscious of that and actively affirm that and say, La ilaha illa Muhammad Rasulullah. What a blessing. What a blessing. And then the third trait is, in yakrah, in yakraha, in yuda ilal kufri kama yakrahu, and yukdafinar, is that he detests to return to kufr, to disbelief, the way that he would detest to be thrown into a fire. Imagine right in front of you, a fire, stoked, and that if you were thrown into that fire and you couldn't get out, how painful that would be. And how that loathsome that would be to you. We should hate to return to kufr, to disbelief, more than we would hate to be thrown into that fire and to be burnt at the stake. Because that's the real fire, is the fire of kufr. And anyone who's experienced the darkness of kufr and the constrictedness of kufr and the terribleness of disbelief would never, ever, ever want to go back to it. When Allah Ta'ala has expanded our heart to Islam, this is a blessing from Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so on a night like this, we should really show gratitude that He's put us in a position whereby which you and I can experience the sweetness of faith. And on one hand, it requires a little bit of work, but on the other hand, it's also easy. You don't have to be a scholar to experience the sweetness of faith. Try to be a scholar. Try to learn everything that you can. But you don't have to be a scholar. Every single one of us can experience the sweetness of faith. Every single one of us can acquire those traits that the Prophet ﷺ is speaking of. And every single one of us probably does to some degree experience them. But the affair really is about moving up to a higher degree and being conscious that when we establish a brotherhood for the sake of Allah with a particular individual, that that is something beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is something that will lead to these great states. And also, on a night like this, even though primarily we follow a Hijri calendar, and for us, this is, this is Jumad al-Uwwal. This is the fifth month of the Islamic year. Muharram has passed, subhanAllah. Safar has passed, subhanAllah. Rabi'a al-Awwal has passed, Rabi'a al-Thani. Four months of this year, of the Hijri year, has passed. And now we're in the fifth month. And all of a sudden now it's like, La ilaha illallah, Ramadan is actually not too far behind. Not too far away. And the scholars used to say that they used to prepare for Ramadan from the time, six months ahead of time. And really the whole year was preparation. But where they start to really prepare is six months ahead. The way that someone would train for a marathon or train for some type of sport that they know the season is about to that come, they train ahead of time. And they don't just go that untrained into the first day of practice. You could injure yourself. You're not going to look good. You're going to get behind. Now is the training time to develop good habits so that we can harvest the blows, blessings in the blessed month of Ramadan. And then especially the two months right before it is where we have to start getting really serious in Rajab and then in Sha'ban. So then in Ramadan that we are prepared and that we are ready. But we should start thinking now. This is the fifth month of the Islamic year for us. And so we're almost at the halfway point and Ramadan is not too far away. And Labas, it's okay for us also to be aware of the fact 
that yes, we're moving into a new year as well. And that tomorrow it will be, or after midnight tonight, it will be the year 2021, according to the Gregorian calendar. But it is important that internally our clock ticks according to the Hijri calendar. Sometimes, of course, we have to use the Gregorian calendar. But our internal clock should tick according to the Hijri calendar. And there are blessings in that, and there are deep secrets in that. And the more that we can become aware of the blessing of the lunar calendar that we've been given, the Hijri calendar, and that the way that it relates to the different months and how the different times of year, depending upon what year it really is, then the more that we will benefit from those very special days in, these very s in some of these very special months. And in reality, every month and every moment could be special if our heart is in the right place. So inshallah ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bless us that as we move out of this year, that we want to, that as we bid farewell to 2021, 2020, and we prepare for the upcoming, that Gregorian year, even though we're at almost at the midpoint according to the Hijri year, we want to especially remind ourselves of the importance of intention. And anything that has gone in the past is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah will forgive us of that. And inshallah, we will place our trust in Him for everything that is going to come. And we should always remember what our teachers have taught us, is that we should remain optimistic. Despite the circumstances, no matter how bad things get, we should remain optimistic. And these are times where we are being forced, we are being forced to really dig down deep and to allow our iman to rise to the surface. We all know a lot of people that have suffered, a lot of people that have died, a lot of people that have gone through difficult circumstances. This is a time in a very real way. It's not a time to play around because we don't know what's going to happen to any one of us. May Allah protect all of us and ward off all harm from all of us. But this is a time that we need to take things seriously and to have the right mindset. We don't know when we're going to meet our Lord, but we ask Allah to bless us to be able to prepare for that meeting and to get our things together so that when it comes to that time where we take our last breath, is that we're ready to go and that we've worked on ourselves so we don't have all of these attachments, that when it's time to go, we're ready to go and we actually are longing to go and we hope that there will be tethbit, that Allah will make us firm. We can't do it ourselves. We cannot do it ourselves. If we rely on ourselves, we're doomed. But if we rely upon Allah, Allah, that will make the people of belief firm with the firm word, La ilaha illallah. And that's what we want. We want to say, La ilaha illallah. And to know, no matter what has afflicted us, don't think that you have to understand everything about it. Because you might not. We don't always know why what afflicts us? Why did that thing afflict us? You always, you always don't know. And one of the things that we heard that one of our teachers say recently is, as people tend to say, sometimes it's better that you don't know. Because they say, When you know the cause of something, sometimes you're not really that amazed by that particular thing. 
And whether that thing be for good or whether that thing be for evil. In other words, is that if you learn about someone passing away and you learn, oh, it was because of A, B, and C, and they had health problems or whatever else. Oh, oh, they just didn't take care of their health. I'm fine. No, you don't know. You could go thinking that you're healthy. And so sometimes it's better not to know the cause and to take the lesson from what is happening around us. And so this is a time to dig deep and to really have a faith-based perspective on how we view the world and to maintain a good opinion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as we transition to this new year. And to recognize is that for every hardship there is two eases. And never will a hardship overcome two eases as our Prophet taught us وسلم, that لَن تَغْلِبْ عُسْرٌ يُسْرَيْنِ Never will one hardship overcome two eases. So we know that for every hardship there will be two eases. And in fact, in the hardship, if you're with Allah, there will be ease. And so we should take glad tidings that there's going to be ease coming to the Ummah of the Prophet وسلم, inshallah that will extend to all of humanity ta'ala. and this is something that we want we want people to have attained felicity we want people to receive mercy we want people to be successful in this world and the next and inshallah ta'ala, Allah will make us and our children and our loved ones and those that we are connected to successful in this world and the next may Allah give us tawfiq and bless us in all of our affairs and may this upcoming year inshallah ta'ala, to be a month and a year of relief for the ummah of our Prophet and a means for the state, our states to be changed into the very best of states and it be a year of protection a year of warding of harm fi khayrin wal fa'afiyah wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa alayhi wa sallam wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen